0: what is up y'all welcome to another edition of the round ball ramble podcast i am your host corbin ford follow me on twitter at corbinmba this is part of the Sports Ethos family of podcasts. So check out Sports Ethos on Twitter at Sports Ethos online, sportsethos.com. Pretty simple. S P O R T S E T H O S. All together, you got it. It was a fun day of hoops yesterday. Today is Monday, the 14th of November, and it's crazy to believe that we're almost halfway through the month. Wild. But we had some fun basketball last night. Lakers finally got a win. Had a couple of fifty-point performances, a really good, really good night of hoops last night. We're gonna breeze through it real quick, get you ready for today. Let's go around the league with the scores from last night. We're gonna start in Washington, where the Wizards beat the Grizzlies, one hundred two to ninety-two. Wizards were led by twenty-five points by Christoph Porzingis, who has been on a mini tear the last couple of games with Bradley Beal out due to injury, but he wasn't alone. 21 points for Denny Avdija. Uh, you had 12 for Corey Kispert and 10 apiece for both Monte Morris and Jordan Goodwin. Uh, Kyle Kuzma definitely dropped off a little bit uh, after having 36 points and then 25. He only had 9 and 11 rebounds. But a good balanced team performance is really what led the Wizards against a Grizzlies team that was shorthanded without John ja Morant. They were led by 19 points for by Dylan Brooks, uh, along with 17 by Tyus Jones and 5 assists. Santi Aldama had 15 as well, and then there was 12 points from Steven Adams and 11 from David Roddy, but it just wasn't enough, and that's kind of more of the story. Kristaps Porzingis, though, again, is sort of the, the tail of the tape here, the way he's been able to play, not only shooting the ball, because yes, that's part of his game, but especially being a lot more dominant in the paint, kind of being a force around the basket, having some monstrous tip slams, uh, this has been him over the last couple of games, really cool to see, um, you know, playing a little bit less like the unicorn, a little bit more like the monster. No one calls him that, but I thought it was good to say. But, yeah, Nuggets just mollywhopped the Bulls, 126-103. to Michael Porter Jr., only had one job on his mind. That was getting buckets. Didn't give you a whole lot else, but buckets is what he brought in bunches. He had 31 points. Like I said, only one rebound and two assists, but when you have what you got from him points-wise, you're okay. Uh, A little bit of a balanced performance by Nikola Jokic. The ball was not going in like that, but he had 8 points, 6 rebounds, and 14 assists. 23 points for Jamal Murray, 13 for Aaron Gordon, and Bruce Brown and KCP had 12 points and 10 points, respectively. All told, the Nuggets had five players in double digits with two just on the outside looking in, uh, with Christian Brown with nine, and, of course, Jokic, like I said, with eight. Uh, For the Bulls, you know, it was Zach Levine leading the way with 21 points, Uh, DeMar DeRozan 16, Patrick Williams 15, but listen, the ball just wasn't going in regularity like that. Uh, It was pretty steady for them, but... The Nuggets used a 32-point first quarter and a 35-point third quarter to really just kind of stretch out and hold the lead over Chicago, uh, one that they would continue to hold through the game. So, good win for the Nuggets, who are now 9-4. and four. Chicago slips to 6-8. The Kangs got a win over the Golden State Warriors. Yes, it feels like it's been years since that has happened, but Mike Brown got a win against his old team, Uh, Remember, the Kings had had a close contest over the Warriors uh, just a week or so back, but the Warriors held on to win um, after relinquishing a huge lead uh, to Sacramento before restoring water. In this one, Kings said, nah, we got you. Warriors got a lead, uh, 39-26 at the end of the first But then the the Kings used a 38-point second quarter and a 34-point third quarter to to tie and take the lead. And the fourth quarter just held their ground over Golden State to win 122-115. to Two guys, well, three guys scoring over 20 points for the Kings, led by DeMontis Abonis. A monster game for him, 26 points, 22 boards, almost messed around and had a triple-double with eight assists. De'Aaron Fox continuing a string of solid play, really putting himself in the conversation, I want to say, for MVP. Uh, And when I say that, I mean, like, if there was 10 players I was putting in the conversation for MVP, Fox would be like 8 or 9. But he's in there. 22 points, 4 rebounds, 8 assists for him. Keegan Murray still just playing so solidly. 21 points and 4 boards. We're going to talk about the rookies at a later show this week. Uh, Just the top 10 or so draft picks and what we've seen from them so far. Kevin Herter had 17 points. Malik Monk had 12, and that was enough for them to outlast the Warriors, who did get 27 from Steph Curry and 26 from Andrew Wiggins. Uh, Klay Thompson also had 17 off the bench. Jordan Poole, after having a couple of rough games, bounced back, had 18 points. But that was all they wrote there. And mind you, the Kings offense, who I don't think this is a hot take, they can have one of the top five offenses in the NBA. With the amount of firepower that they have, Whether it's finishing at the basket from De'Aaron Fox or DeMontis Sabonis. Whether it's shooting from deep like Kevin Herter and Malik Monk. Um, Keegan Murray does a little bit of everything. You could say the same thing for Harrison Barnes. Like, the Kings have a multifaceted offense that can really be explosive at times. And so, they had moments like that. And we saw their potential against the Warriors. The Knicks scored a season-high 48 points in the first quarter of their game yesterday against the Oklahoma City Thunder. 48, it's a lot of points to score in a first quarter. You would think, surely, the Knicks used that as a springboard for a dominant win over an opponent that they should be better than. That was not what happened. The Oklahoma City Thunder proceeded to just come back and destroy the Knicks, winning pretty comfortably by 10, 145-135. to 135. The backcourt of SGA, Shea Gildress Alexander, and Josh Giddy has been a lethal attack. And Josh Giddy in his second game Madison Square Garden, second triple double. Yep, that's right. 24 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists for Josh Giddy. Shea Gilders Alexander added 37 points, 5 rebounds and 8 assists, including a 23 point quarter Mixed in there just for the fun of it. And they also got enough bounce scoring from everyone else. 17 points for Jeremiah Robinson Earl, along with seven boards. 12 points for Alexey uh, Pokosevsky, along with two rebounds and three assists. 24 points by Lugens Dort. That was enough to do it over the Knicks, whose defense just folded in on itself faster than a slice of New York pizza. Giving up 43 points in the second quarter of Oklahoma City, and then saying, why not? Let's do that ish again. Giving up 43 points again in the third to the Thunder, um, which is when SGA really, really struck, Cam Reddish led the way for the Knicks with 26 points, I'm not gonna lie, love the way Cam Reddish has played since being integrated in the starting lineup, uh, since really just getting more minutes of the season, I think he's kind of finding his place a little bit, it takes a while for young players, you know, they always say, big man guards, um, wings, just young players, it takes a while to kind of get it all together, but it's been good to see Cam Reddish really finding his way there, uh, Emmanuel, quickly off the bench, had 24 points to come in second in scoring. I'm sorry, third in scoring. Julius Randle, of course, old, reliable, but not really. 25 points, 10 rebounds, and 3 assists. Isaiah Hart and with 14. Jalen Brunson, 17 points, and 7 assists. Ultimately, I just feel like the Knicks, they need to be a move. I mean, 6 and 7, it's not about them losing their games. It's how they're losing them and the way that they're playing throughout. I don't feel like they have... Like, Coach Thibodeau has the respect of that locker room anymore. I mean, surely not. If you're a defensive-minded coach, you give up 86 points over two quarters. Um, that's not super great. You know what I mean? It just isn't. There's a lot going on. I just don't know if Coach Tibbs is the voice for that locker room anymore. A lot of young players, and we know how Coach Tibbs is the young players. Like, this shouldn't be. Well, we know how Coach Tibbs is. No, you have to adapt. You have to make it work. And I don't think that Tom has actually done that for this next squad. I don't know if they're performing under expectations because I didn't have the Knicks like, in the upper echelon of the East. But bottom line, for the long-term growth of this team with quite a few young players scattered up and down the roster, I don't know if the way that Coach Thibodeau is coaching the squad is beneficial for their success in the long run. I don't know if I'm calling for a coach's job. Not really my thing. I just don't know if he has the respect of that, of that locker room. And you could say the same thing for the Lakers last year with Coach Vogel. Not that it was Coach Vogel's fault per se, but it, it just runs its course after a while, it just is one of those things, you know, and I think that we might have reached that point with the Knicks, 76ers beat the Jazz 105-98, to and while doing so, Joel Embiid made history, he had a 40-point game, a 42-point game in their last win, and then he comes back and puts up an unprecedented performance, and when I say unprecedented, I mean just that. 59 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, and 7 blocks against the Utah Jazz. Just wildness. Using his entire skill set to just punish Utah. You wanted it in the post, he gave it to you in the post. You wanted it from three, he did it from three. From the free throw line, going 20 of 24. Efficiency, 19 of 28 from the field. He is the first player in NBA history. With at least 50 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, and 5 blocks in a game. Since they first started counting blocks all the way back in the 1973-1974 season. He just put up everything. And came through when it mattered. Scoring 26 of the 76ers seven, 27 fourth quarter points. 7 of 8 from the field. And 12 of 15 from the line while adding 5 blocks in the fourth quarter alone. All of that in the fourth quarter by himself. That's monstrous. This is the fifth high-scoring performance in 76ers history, sliding in behind AI's 60 points back in 2005. Wilt Chamberlain, who holds the next three marks with 68, 65, and 62, and now Embiid is right there. Just a crazy game for him. And listen, the Jazz, man, they are no pushover. They need it. The 76ers needed every point of Joel Embiid's to take a win over Utah. Because Utah was in that game, absolutely. Sixers were up 101 to 98 with a minute and 19 seconds left, and Embiid blocked a layup from Colin Sexton, and then came down and hit a nice little jumper to seal the win for the 76ers. But like, this was this was a, a monstrous game for Embiid, who did miss four or five threes. Not picking nits, just calling it like it is. Uh, but the Jazz, y'all. They, they came, they played, they have been solid, there's a reason they are 10-5, and five. that record is no joke, just again, balanced scoring performances across the board, uh, this time Malik Beasley led the way, 18 points off the bench, but you had 15 points apiece from Colin Sexton off the bench, and Larry Markkinen starting, along with 10 boards for him, Kelly Linek had 14 points, Jared Vanderbilt, 1 point shy of a double-double, 9 points, 10 boards, 12 points for Jordan Clarkson, like, solid performances up and down the roster for the Jazz, who at any given night, somebody could step up and lead them. Not enough people stepped up in this game in a major way. And, I mean, when you're facing a dominant Joel Embiid like that, I mean, how can you? All due respect, but the front line of Alinek, Markin, and Vanderbilt isn't necessarily going to get it done against Joel Embiid. Now, it's going to be like a 59-point performance, usually? I'm not saying that, but Embiid was a monster. Aside from his 59 points, it really was just it for the 76ers. 18 points and three assists for Tyrese Maxey. No one else in double digits. Eight for Tobias Harris. Six for DeAnthony Melton. Five for George Niang. That was it. But that was enough. That was enough. Joel Embiid was enough. What a game for him. What a performance. Just just history. And that's one of the 50-point games that occurred last night. The other? Glad you asked. Let's go over to Cleveland. The land, where it was a match between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, except it wasn't, since Donovan Mitchell was out with an ankle sprain along with Jared Allen, who was also out. Uh, His injury was also a sore ankle. Uh, Those two being down left the Cavs out two all-stars, and that was the difference. Um, The Wolves had a great team up, but I, I say this, I'm trying to find the words, because it doesn't seem like we've had both those guys on it all season long, either one or the other, but both those guys were on it, those two guys being D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns, who led the way with 50 plus points of their own, Towns had 29 points and 13 boards, D'Lo had 30 points, 15 of them in the first quarter, 19 off the Torian Prince, 10 for Anthony Edwards, and that was enough to hold a furious comeback from the Cavs who really came on the warpath, mostly behind, one Darius Garland, who had our second 50-point game of the night. 51 points, 6 assists, incredible shot-making for Darius Garland, especially in a third quarter where the Cavs started to climb back, and in a monstrous fourth quarter where the Cavs scored 40 to really make it a sweater down at the end there. But unfortunately, it just wasn't enough. He wasn't alone. Lamar Stevens had 15 points, K-Love had 14, 13 for Karis LeVert, and 14 for Teddy Osman. But Darius Garland was the story for this game. Honestly, just couldn't be stopped. 16 of 31 from the field, 10 of 15 from 3, was just on fire. Career high for him, but it just wasn't enough. The Cavs just couldn't complete the rally. Um, Cleveland had trailed 99 to 75 late in the third, so that fourth quarter is really where they made their mark. For a second, Garland 51 points was the highest in the NBA this season. Remember, like I said, um, Joel Embiid had 59 points that came an hour later. John Morant had 49 against Houston on October 21st. The Cavs franchise record of 57 points is shared by both LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. Garland fell four points shy of that that's kind of crazy it was incredible performance uh garland being the fourth player to score 50 james has done it nine times irving has done it twice and way back walt wesley did it once himself his 10 three-pointers doubled his previous single game career high and were one short of Kyrie irving's team record but again d'lo and carlney towns just played phenomenal cleveland had was down. Donovan Mitchell and Jared Allen are a big part of what they do. And unfortunately, they, they 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 lost. I mean they didn't have enough firepower to come back and complete the comeback. And that is what it was. But what a game for Garland. Like that was in my opinion the nomination for the best performance of the night. Yes, I know it's in a loss. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Lakers beat the Nets. Yep, this is not a typo. The Lakers beat the Nets one hundred sixteen to one hundred three. Anthony Davis came He saw, and he conquered. 37 points and 18 boards for him. Lonnie Walker chipped in with 25 points on four or five from three. Just one rebound, no assists, but guess what? The Lakers needed points, they needed threes, and they got it both from Lonnie Walker. Double-double for Russell Westbrook off the bench. Shooting efficiency wasn't great, but 14 points, six rebounds, and 12 assists is not bad at all. And then Austin Reeves with 15 points. That was enough to do it to beat the Nets, who were on the second half of a back-to-back. Kevin Durant had 31 points in 38 minutes, 9 rebounds, 7 assists. You had 15 points from Cam Thomas, 13 from Edmund Summer, Sumner, excuse me, 11 for Utah Watanabe, and 10 for Joe Harris. But the Lakers just had, I know, hard to say, dominant performance, particularly in the fourth quarter. Now they've improved to 3-10 and 10, still. Not great at all. (laughs) If the NBA season ended right now, they are all in the race for one victory on Minyama, but they really aren't because, remember, that pick goes to the New Orleans Pelicans. But the fact that they had a good win against a team that had won uh, four in a row, not bad at all. Not bad at all. Maybe they can take this momentum and get some rest for LeBron. They don't play again to the end of the week, so that should hopefully give enough rest for LeBron to come back from that sore foot and just nagging injuries that he's had along with Father Time, which has been nagging him as well. Looking at today's games, West Coast time. We're talking Arizona, the Best Coast time. Now I'm playing, but we have Raptors and Pistons at 5, along with Hornets and Magic at 5.30. The Suns will play the Miami Heat, and the Thunder will play the Boston Celtics. Six, the Hawks will play the Milwaukee Bucks. That will be a fun one, and the Clippers will play the Rockets. That could always be interesting. And then to close out the evening, the Spurs will play the Golden State Warriors. Warriors bouncing back on the second half of the back-to-back, especially after losing to Sacramento. I wonder how they respond. But I'm looking primarily at the games of the night. We're looking at Phoenix and Miami. We're looking at Atlanta versus Milwaukee. Both those games should be fun. Remember, the Hawks did end the Bucks undefeated streak just over a week ago. Let's see how the Bucks come back. And then for Phoenix sitting comfy at the top of the West, playing a Miami Heat team that, as promised by Jimmy Butler, will be in the finals so is this a finals preview maybe maybe not I don't know what I do know is that this is the end of another episode of Roundball ramble here for y'all today I want to thank y'all so much for rocking with me here for a few minutes appreciate all of the listens any feedback let me know find me on twitter at NBA. Instagram, Corbin MBA. It's pretty simple there, y'all. Sports Ethos. Check them out on Twitter at Sports Ethos Online, Sportsethos.com. Ladies, gentlemen, it has been a sincere, absolute pleasure. Until next time, I am Frosty. Y'all stay Frosty and I'll talk to y'all real, real soon. Alright, y'all.